Welcome to Movie Podcast Evangelion. I'm Dr. Movies. And I'm Rachel. And this is going to be a little bit of a different one. Yeah, we don't have a particular movie that we're discussing. Uh, this is what we've been calling amongst ourselves Beef Pod. Beef, oh, Gripe Pod. Oh, yeah, Beef Pod is different. Cut that out. We've been calling it amongst ourselves Gripe Pod. Gripe Pod. Beef Pod is when we fight about things we disagree on. <laughs> we haven't done that yet, well, because this one I think we agree a lot. is just about things that we both hate. Yeah, that we want to bitch and complain about. Yeah, this is bitch and this complain This is the pod. unleashing pod. Yeah. This is a therapy. Uh, and I was thinking it was going to be kind of uh, angry. Yeah. But lately, I'm just feeling kind of depressed. It's more sad it's than angry. Yeah. sad, great yeah. pod. Yeah, it's like I'm not mad. I'm really more disappointed. Yeah. Um... I think we have to start with the writer's strike. Start with the writer's strike. And which to be been... clear, we're not against it. No, we're we're pro writer's strike. Let's say that at the, at the top of the hour, yeah. pro writer's strike. Uh, and it's been going on for like a couple months, month and a half? Yeah, about a month and a half, I would month say. Month and a half-ish. Um, no end in sight. No end in sight. Uh, we they, they, the negotiations are completely shut down. Oh, They're they not are. even speaking because they, ha- they uh, are refusing to negotiate with all the unions at once. Ah, yeah. They are pausing negotiations with the writer's strike in order to negotiate with SAG-AFTRA. Oh, I see. Which is my union. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, okay, question for, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, including me. Is SAG-AFTRA just actors? Yes, but it comprises... It, it's actually quite a wide swath. So it used to be that there was just SAG, which was just only for film actors. Okay, oh, And then there was AFTRA, which for was for TV. Uh, TV. And they, uh, they... So, like, if you do voiceover, if you do... Okay, all, like, so not everything necessarily is just, just lumped on screen. In. Yeah. Okay, it's got it. It's all, like, even, like, audiobook. What about commercials? Uh, do they, is that So anything? some commercials are SAG. Uh-huh. Uh, it used to be. That ninety percent of commercials were SAG. Oh, I see. Or if not more, now uh, only about twenty percent to thirty percent are SAG. Ah, uh, because, because because of those fuckers. Yes, um, because of those fuckers. Productions basically realized that it actually doesn't take any talent at all to be a commercial actor. Normally, you're just basically a glorified extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why should they pay? Those union rates. Those union rates to uh-huh. do it and yeah, pay yeah, those yeah. residuals when you on a non-union contract you can just yeah. buy people out. Yeah. Um, and so what usually happens, uh, I was just on the set of a non-union commercial recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me tell you, every single department on that uh, production was union. The oh, grips, the gaffers, the teamsters, yeah. the, you know, everyone. So it was just the actors who got shafted. just the actors. Now, why can they do that? Because actors are fucking subhuman morons <laughs> who have no solidarity. Who have no um, sense of I, I think for, for, for an actor, you have a very low opinion of actors. I have a, a terrifically low opinion of actors, which makes me feel um, even better when, like, when I also have a bad opinion of actors. It's like, all right, it's like, well, my actor friend said that I could say it, yeah. so it's fine. It's it's bad. Um, they did vote mm-hmm. the union to authorize a strike in the event that it becomes necessary to strike in the event that the leadership decides that it's necessary to strike. The leadership is not particularly, from what I have read, uh, eager to strike. I get, well, why? Because they, I mean, for the most part, you know, it's like Fran Drescher is the Uh uh, head of the union and, you know, she has her bag. Mm. I think a lot of the people who get to be in the leadership of the actors union sort of like secured the bag. Uh-huh. And yeah. we've entered um, the bag wars. Like to be honest, like I can't really talk, you know, super long on it because I I, I don't know yeah. what their motivations are. But it, it but wasn't like a cuz I think it was like DGA or something was like, oh, like we're going on strike also. They they that probably never would have happened because okay. a, as a director if you even get into the guild, like yeah. y- y- there is a threshold um, at which like you're already pretty successful. Oh, I like see. you don't really get to join the director's guild unless you're a successful director. Okay, so director. to clarify, what what's going on here is class. Yes, of course, yeah. and and 
the the streamers and their their representatives are not negotiating with any of the unions simultaneously because mm-hmm. they know that if they negotiate with the unions one on one they'll get better deals. Yeah. And so what happened was kind of the directors sort of thing. waited for the writers to strike. Mm-hmm. Then once the writers struck, essentially used that strike as leverage against to say the you don't want us to strike streamers. Do you? Yeah, you don't yeah. want us to strike, do you? And then they made a deal. Uh huh. Yeah. Now it remains to be seen whether Scum. that deal will be ratified by their membership, but mm-hmm. I we're thinking it probably will be. Okay. Interesting. Um. So. W- so no end in sight here. Yeah, at we've all. talked a lot. Um. What the gripe is? <laughs> what the gripe is is something that I think we've talked about a little bit is that. Obviously, the movie industry has always been like a rapacious capitalist industry. Like it is an exploitative, you know, like terrible blah, blah, blah. Like it sucks to be an actor. It sucks to be a writer. It always has. It's always been uh, like a sort of, you know, precarious thing to want to do, right? To be in the arts. Yeah. But there used to be money in it. Yeah. For those who got to Money a certain and level. glamour. Yeah. Like, and like you, we can take it all the way back to the birth of the tele, the television and film industry when like playwrights were coming out from New York. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were like, this is garbage. Like we're embarrassed to be doing it. Mm-hmm. We'll even do it under pseudonyms because we're so embarrassed. This nascent form, which is just so inferior to the stage in every way. Yeah. Um, but at least we're getting, we're making money hand over fucking fist. To yeah. Do it. Like they're, begging us to yeah. come out and write this trash. Mm-hmm. And now everyone wants to write the trash. Yeah. And because... is in fact so desperate yeah. to write the trash mm-hmm. that they're willing to accept a far lower rate. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. And in a cascading effect, it, we've gotten to the point where the middle class of writing, acting and just like working in the film and television industry is just like completely eroded. Yeah. And beyond that, even for those who are successful in it, it's a precarious situation Mm -hmm. because you don't even know like how long the success is going to last. Yeah. It's it's very less lucrative than ever job to job and Mm -hmm. nothing is guaranteed. Uh, I think that there's still this lingering uh, idea that like all actors are wealthy or, or at least like well off enough, whatever it is. And the answer is like, no, no, I know people who have done, five seasons as a series regular mm-hmm. on a streaming show and I make what they make at and my also, day job. I, I want to emphasize here the streaming part of it because network's a different beast. Yes. Network is a different beast. You get a lot more money for being in a network show. But yeah. you know. I mean I, I saw ones. a couple of uh, maybe like a week ago or something uh, there's a an actor who's been in uh, two seasons maybe of uh, I Think You Should Leave mm-hmm. and he had like a GoFundMe for uh, his like chemo. Yeah. And then like he posted a picture of like him like in his house and it was just like a normal house that like I would expect to be in like the, in the Midwest somewhere. Just a very normal house. Yeah. And like this is something that people really like and like respond to but it, it's not like you know he's, he's not living luxuriously. No. That show pays like one of the lowest you know, it, I, I mean, I feel like in, in stuff like that, it's kind of more like a well, like you're really passionate about this, aren't you? Yeah. So you'll do it. It's right? a treat. Yeah. To it's, get to it's do a treat. Um. Yeah. And because it is for so many people, just you know, gratifying to be on television, yeah. even though it's not even really television anymore. Yeah. Um. They'll do it. They'll do it. And we could get into like the the blow by blow of like what the writers are asking for. Like, I don't really want to do that necessarily. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, I, this I is more about like how streaming has really eroded both like the lifestyle, the glamour, mm-hmm. the in many cases it seems like the actual enjoyment of doing the job because oh God, conditions yes. themselves have gotten so terrible. Yeah. Uh, writers, you know, now are like are not allowed to go to set a lot of times. That's one of the things they're fighting for. They oh, want to like be yeah. involved in on set stuff because that's you know usually how you move up. Yeah, is you you know learn. Yeah on set and make connections there that lead to another job. But now everyone's just logging into Zoom. Yeah. Clocking in for their writing shift Mm -hmm. in their shrinking writer's rooms. Yeah. For less episodes. Yeah. For less pay. Mm -hmm. For less opportunity in the future. Yeah. Um, It's bad. Yeah. And this is the way everything is And it's just kind of like, it looks like like a death spiral. It is. It is literally a death spiral. And... Obviously, it's as profitable as ever, but 
Well, okay, that, that's actually, I, I want to pause on, on that point because the streaming services themselves have also screwed themselves yes. out of lots of money. Yes. And so their response is, all right, well, we're going to cut short the, you know, the creatives and the people who are actually involved in the shows mm-hmm. because we need to keep getting the money that we were used to when it was like just cable. Yes. Uh, for, for executive compensation. For executive compensation. Um, was we don't have to pay to. these people residuals anymore. No. And we hide all of the numbers. Yeah. About who is watching yeah, it. It's how many obfuscated. You know, it's all obfuscated so we don't have to shell out. Yeah. And if you don't think that mandatory ads are coming back to streaming you're so wrong yeah it's it it, i give it less than two years before you can't even pay an extra xyz to bypass them i I, like i think you'll you'll always be able to it'll be like a premium it'll be so much money yeah like it'll be like 80 bucks yeah per service yeah uh to get around them i think if i had to guess because Um, that's like that is where the money is that's where the focus of entertainment companies are um because the mean, subscribers aren't cutting it in yeah. the same way i mean we saw last year disney plus launched an ad tier uh and it was previously yep. like it's kind of was going that first couple years of launch was like oh like well we don't have that like whatever there's one tier and you just like you just pay for that you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. ads whatsoever you can but share the password you can share what, yeah yeah and like now there's going to be like account sharing crackdowns there and you were seeing that in netflix um, and ad tiers are being introduced, including multiple types of ad tiers. Uh, that's like, do oh my you? God. And, and so you see, and like, ads on, aren't even optimized. So I mean, on on Peacock, <laughs> I don't have Peacock Premium. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like whatever the lowest thing is before that, but that also has ads. But I pay extra for less ads on that, and not I, even no ads. Not, not just even less. no, just <laughs> just fewer ads during every. This show. is the future. It's grim. It sucks. Enjoy this. And like, look, is it magical? Like, I don't want to like discount the fact that it, it's it's pretty cool that I can just like beam yeah, half that's the cool. video store to my TV now. But yeah. like, it used to be more. There, it, there it used, used to, be to be a wider selection. Yeah. Even if we just go back like I had five to go, years. I had to go drive to get it. Yeah. But I had to plan a little bit. But like, there was a wider selection. And then once you know you you know rent whatever it is from the video store, you also don't have to sit through ads aside from like what's on the top of the DVD menu. Yeah, and that's that's about it. But yeah, it's it, it's getting grim out there. I think like the, like there's like a real a feeling that I think that consumers have of being squeezed. Yeah, and and the labor is being the labor fucking being, run dry. Yeah, run dry. And it's just it's such a you know there's always going to be people who want to do it. Because compared to most other things, yeah. it's like an interesting thing to do, want to do with your life. And also, like, there's going to be people who want to do it because, like, people need to make money. People need to make money and people need attention. <laughs> and They need attention so bad. They need bad. attention so bad. But the thing about it is, it's becoming... I talked a little bit at the top about how much I fucking hate actors sometimes. Yeah. But, like, you... It is... More and more you see people who want to be acting who, for them, there's really no meaningful difference between being TikTok famous and being, like, on TV. So is is the primary motivation the, the fame and attention? I, and I think it always has been for the majority of people doing it. Like, sure. I, it's like, that's just life. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and, like... Any I mean, actor I guess, who like, tells the, you that's not like, a part of the it is hope, lying. Like the the at least from the outside, like you hope that the motivation is the art. Well, yeah, well, and then and you also <laughs> just hope that that you know the taste is there yeah, which, too. You mm, know, and mm, it's just not. It is simply not. Yeah, it's just fucking not. Everything fucking sucks. Everything fucking ass. sucks. It's I, so yeah. bad. We uh, saw uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. And we'll talk about that actually in, in depth. Summer in our slop, summer slop. Summer slop. Slurp up. Slurp up. Uh, <laughs> the slurp up. Uh, and like every trailer was like, Ugh. It's just and like the normies in the theater are groaning. Yeah, you know, there's like Ugh. when the normies are groaning, you've you know, lost you, the you, you've made a fatal error. Turn back. It's bad. Don't what, do what this. What are we doing? Like I and like I can, we can't even get into it. But we both have lived in LA for a long time. Yeah, we can't say what we do, but we have access we to have information access to that, that maybe the general public 
uh, mm-hmm. isn't uh, yet privy to. You will be in a couple months. The trough is, is it's overflowing. It's overflowing with it's shit. If I could read sides. you a list right now of all the bullshit that hasn't even been announced. Yeah, and you would be like, it would make what your head spin. The fuck? Yeah, are you fucking? What did they talking? do to us? They do to us. <laughs> that is what this is right now. It's bad. It's and like you know, I, I it actually kind of goes into our next gripe topic of like the IP desert. Yes. Uh, and that things are being bled dry. And I get it. Like, look, the, like the movie business is a casino. Yeah. Right. Like it is not a rational business model. Like if you were selling car parts mm-hmm. and you told people you, you had to accept the amount of risk that, that you were, that the average industry like studio has to take on yeah. with every movie yeah. they do because there is really so the yeah, car like, part f- person would be like fuck bud. you I'm not getting into this business this is stupid I mean like look at uh, what's happening right now with the Flash right like it, uh, eating shit eating <laughs> shit and it's just like so you understand why everyone's so obsessed and addicted to IP because in a casino you're trying to find Things the I best know. bet yeah. you can have yeah you know because you stand to lose a lot of money yeah. However, there's a, there's another way, <laughs> which is you could risk less mm-hmm. for potentially less gain. Mm, I actually heard the words less gain here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't so like no. that as yeah. much. And, and you could, you, you could do it. Yeah. Like people yeah. have, studios did it forever. And the yeah. way they did it was they just accepted that they would make less. Yeah. But they don't want to accept that. Right. So they have to become addicted to this IP glut. Yeah, the IP glut. And it also ends up where, you know, the only kind of films that are also given substantial budgets are, I would say, like 90% of the time, IP or franchise. Yes. It's not like... The kind of exception here is like Christopher Nolan movies because of who he is and his track record. He's kind of his own franchise. He is his own IP. Yeah. Essentially. Like, there are are people who are established. Yeah. Um, But here's the thing. They're dying. They're dying. Yeah. Scorsese is going to die. <laughs> Spielberg is going to die. Tarantino's going to die. Tarantino is going to die. Like yeah. they, there are, and who is who else is there yeah. coming up? There's like Greta Gerwig, I guess. We'll see. I guess we'll see because she's she's doing an IP movie. Yeah, there. You know, there are people in their fifties or whatever. But like you know, we, when we talked about some of the horror people coming up that yeah. are like. Maybe like thirties, you know, or early forties. They just all had a flops. They just all so, had flops. Yeah, like it. It takes some vision. Yeah. Beyond just input output. Yeah. Press button, hope for profit. Yeah. But increasingly, all you know, you hear all this talk about AI. Yeah. They just want to. They want to make an algorithm out of it. Yes. Yeah. They are not interested in thinking because creatively they, they about want any the, of this. The algorithm. They want the equation that generates money. And yes. they're like, well, how do I get? Like, if I want to get to five billion dollars, what are the components that I need for that? How do I distill this very nuanced thing, which is art, art, <laughs> into a formula that helps me maximize profit, reward shareholders, and keep my executive compensation? Um, and I, it, it's like, all right, I feel like it, it, you're, you're running out of runway. It, it can't be done. Is the yeah. thing is that it's it's a false question. Yeah, is that because if you do that, you salt the earth. Yep. You burn everybody out. Everyone starts this to see like, the strings. This is like Everyone crop gets bored of yes, about. Like, exactly. Don't, don't plant like soybeans for ten years in a row because there's going to be no fucking nutrients you left in the soil. Destroyed the soil. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you monocropped yeah. this fucking land, and now it's barren. Yeah. And you've destroyed the middle class. You've <laughs> destroyed cable, which was like a money printing machine. Yes. And you, it's like Monsanto. Like, yeah. just like buying the patents to all these seeds, yeah. destroying all the little farmers and monocropping. And then they're like, oh. There's like a disease know. that comes and wipes out yeah. whatever. It's like, all right, like, well. <laughs> the, the entire population of bananas on earth is dying because yeah. we decided we just wanted to have one, one banana. banana. <laughs> because it looked nice. Not even the one that tasted good. No, because it looked nice. <laughs> and people thought it was fun and attractive. So, all right, great. Great, great, great. That's what happening in movies yeah. and TV. It's pretty and grim. pretty much every industry. But it's just, you know, because movies are a culture industry, like we're yeah. all talking about it, we see it, it's very visible. And I think like if you look at like music or something, I think music still has a little bit more wiggle room for independence or like self-promotion to a degree, to a degree. Well, because the technology has come far enough that you can kind of like make an album in your room. That's going to sound like if, if you are good enough, you got the software, 
whatever. Like you can make it yeah. sound like a professionally produced album, and like you can't really make like Oppenheimer at home. Yes, you can't. It can't the, be done. The, the medium is inherently constrained yeah. by the fact that it takes a ton of money to do it. Yeah. Now, there was a promise earlier in the millennium that digital cameras were going to, you You read a good article about this recently. Yeah, like digital cameras were going to democratize everything. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone was going to be shooting movies on their phones and like it was going to be powered to the people. Soderbergh was like, all right, let me Mm -hmm. try it. Give me that iPhone. And you know what? I actually do believe that that future is possible. Mm. Um, Here's the thing. I think this is one of my gripes. Gripe it. Side gripe. Side gripe. It's really a, a big gripe. Is like we hear the word capitalism a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything we've just described is a um, byproduct. Is a byproduct of capitalism, yeah. right? Like, but that's facile, right? That's yeah. A, like, sure. We everyone we can, knows. That. Everyone yeah. knows that there. Are, you know, whatever. We. You can that's not a novel. Listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about that. But I think what's even more sort of upsetting about the situation we find ourselves in is how many people want to see something different it may be less than we think i mean that is what has led to the ip glut is people one do, of the things, do yeah. respond yeah no one of the things but that's like what because you can reliably depend on X number of people to show up to your Star Wars movie. <laughs> I, so. I was texting you from the the, the MacGuffins and the AMC where yeah. I was just overhearing as a fly on the wall, a group of people just chat away mm-hmm. about the DC Cinematic Universe and how excited they were about all the products. Yeah. So like, you um, know, it, like we're online and like right. we also have our own. T- we're like, snobs. It, it's just like, Jesus Christ, like I, like it, it's, it's, it's it's somehow grounding to be like oh no people do like this. people people do like this the thing is though i just think that like those movies cost a lot of money to make and if you lose even a small share yeah of those people because there's always going to be the core morons the core who morons, are going to see the, uh, the flash but you can't lose too many of them it's like yeah. when Trump lost suburban women yep. in his second run. It's yeah. just like he, he had his core morons. Yeah, you but need... you also need the suburban women. Yeah, suburban women aren't going to show up for the Flash forever. No, yeah. you know they're yeah. a little sick of the Flash. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, the I mean they call these movies tent pulls for a reason. Yeah, they hold That's what the, studio the studio up. Yeah, if too many tent pulls fail in a row, the studio collapses. What's going to happen? We have to look ourselves in the face a little bit as mm-hmm. an audience in terms of... And what our culpability is. Yeah, what is our culpability here? Because they're only going to make the slop as long as we keep slurping it. Mm-hmm. And I worry that people have been so hollowed out. Yeah. I guess like, I, my, my, my when I think about like the slop, I, I, I'm sure that like if I went back to like the summer of... 2003 Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are some stinkers in there but it feels like for the past five years it's just been like ugh gross bad yeah we've talked about it before like the the quality of the slop is getting worse the quality of the slop and yet we're still slurping it up because it's accessible because sometimes you just need somewhere to put your kids for a couple hours Mm -hmm. Uh, but like I I don't know like I, I, I truly I mean is this like where like boycott should be happening? Like, I mean, did did the DC fans have the right idea when we're like, we want Jack Jack Snyder, Zack Snyder Justice League so bad, so like we're gonna like make a noise. We're not gonna see other things until you give us that. Like, did that what? work? No. 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 Consumer boycotts never work. No. The only thing that works is a natural market correction. I do, however, feel that like if. We're thinking about like a niche enough genre. Maybe a consumer boycott would work, but like not for a blockbuster. Yeah. Not for a tentpole event. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, like I think... Because the net is so wide. You're going to scoop something up in there. Like I sort of am hopeful that like this can't last forever because it like it sucks and people will get bored of it. Mm. Um, but like what... what but what, like it could take after? a second theoretically what what is after is that flowering of like new independent cinema driven mm-hmm. by like you know digital cinematography that's more accessible mm-hmm. like 
you know, no matter which way you cut it, it's still expensive to make a fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but but you see some of like these budgets on films that you're like, this is insanely bloated. Yes. There's what like what's going on here. I think I saw a tweet that was like. Uh, cited uh, Dune's budget, which I think was like $117 million. Yeah. Which is a lot of money, but in this grand scheme of blockbusters, nothing. The, and that movie was beautiful. Yeah, that's as much as it should ever cost ever. to make a movie. Yeah, absolutely Do you know what I mean? Out. Like, there is no reason to spend more than that. And also, this isn't to say that, like, there's no good uh, blockbuster popcorn IP stuff out there. Like, we're really excited about Dead Reckoning Part 1. You know, it's so I, that's a great one to bring up because I don't think I've ever made it through the trailer of that movie in the theaters without tearing up a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not against blockbuster cinema. We love blockbuster cinema. Yeah. I, I, but it's, it feels like that is the last... It's some of the last stuff out there that matters. And, I, you know, it's interesting. We never really got to talk about Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. But did you see it? Yes. Yeah. I saw it twice. I thought... It was so good, um, despite the fact that it was IP retread, mm-hmm. because... It was retread done right. It was retread done right, but I think the what was so right about it was it was essentially about Tom Cruise, the person's mortality. Yes. Like, there yeah. was, like, a worked shoot aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. That was happening yeah. um, in it. And it was sort of about the death of exactly what we're talking about, mm-hmm. which is just, like, good blockbuster cinema experiences there was this sort of meta commentary that was happening on both cruise the man and movies Mm -hmm. as a whole Mm -hmm. um and i also want to give it extra bonus points for not being fucking annoying about it it was more it more felt like these two things are like being run in parallel yes and if you choose to read it like that it is absolutely there Mm -hmm. but it doesn't require the audience to like i don't know to care about tom cruise right it doesn't try to go there, which is annoying and bad. Right. But yeah, I mean, Top Gun Maverick, it really felt like, I, I, I almost felt like guilt for liking it as much as I did. Same. Because it's like, ah, oh, like, ah, oh, like I shouldn't. Because it, it felt like a, uh, it felt like it was just yet another but it, IP reach. But I think because of like that connection, the, I mean, like not, not to sound too corny, but like the heart of it, which was Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. like that's what elevated it that's what stopped it from being cynical from being just like a cynical ip cash grab yeah because they absolutely could have done that with top gun yeah oh my god they could have done like i top gun maverick is borderline better than the original top gun it it is yeah because here's the secret about the original top gun it's not that good of a movie (laughs) falcon was great in it uh the the fucking area the cinematography of the jets in that fucking movie is so bad it just looks like fucking stock footage like yeah it literally just looks like a jet like flying across the frame you're like Ooh. Wow. Like, it sucks. Like, sorry. <laughs> sorry if you grew up with that, but it's yeah. not very good. It yeah. has not held up well. No. Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. It's, it's got the juice. Incredible. Yeah. You know, I'll even bring up another one um, that unfortunately you haven't seen that I watched recently, That's which fine. is Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the way it sort of gets around being an IP retread is by like sort of questioning the nature of... Um, like reality itself or like authenticity itself Mm. um and sort of like everyone in the world of Blade Runner 2049 is sort of like literally in an imagined future where everything we're talking about now has just gotten a million times worse just in terms of like this the 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 real human connection being sucked out of everything Mm. and it's sort of a meditation on the lack of human connection Mm -hmm. um and like, yeah, I mean, God, but you, you would hope that, the, that that's not the only way to get around this, right? Is like meta-ness? It, yeah, because I, I'm over meta. I'm we over, are, over We're all meta. so bored of meta now. It's bad. And, Every, and, and, and unfortunately, in also the IP-verse, uh, multiverse, multiverse is basically like, just like straight-lining it's meta. So, it's so interesting to see how studios who I think were probably initially skeptical of like the idea of a multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of high concept. I don't know about that. Like that, like, that gives me pause. Oh, oh shit, wait. You know what we can do with this? This is a tool. Yeah. The likes of which we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's a built in excuse to, to cram everything to cram in there. 
everything full of as much nostalgia as yeah. you can. I mean, I don't know if you've heard about what goes on in the flash where it's not making our summer slop preview, no, but we're not like, watching it. they bring back Nicholas. I mean, there was never a Nicholas Cage Superman, but there was simply a story about how he might once have wanted to play Superman yeah. and did a screen test for it. And they bring a CGI Nick Cage into it. Yeah. They bring CGI Adam West into it. Yeah. They bring 71 year old Michael Keaton into yeah. it. Christopher they bring Reeves is in it. The CGI ghost of Christopher Reeve. Yeah. We are. I mean, this is the fumes. This is the, but like, I, the I also, I want to point a we're... finger at the consumer here because I've also been subjected to takes that are like, well, Christian Bale and Chris Nolan are being so selfish and conceited because they won't let DC retread the Dark Knight trilogy for multiverse stuff. Like, yep. fuck off. There are people fuck who you. are clapping like seals <laughs> or, or, at or, or, every or. single one of those cameos in yep. that movie. There are people who are slopping that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and previously we were kind of restricted in, in that realm to like uh, many times like the like the the after credit sequences in Marvel movies leading up to Endgame when it was like oh like they're introducing a new character but even that had like function and right. but this is just like uh, you know to, to quote one of our favorite YouTubers Red Letter Media uh -huh. things I know things I know <laughs> things I'll I know. quote uh, another one of our uh, sister bodies <laughs> they don't know about us um <laughs> Chapo Trap House's Matt Chrisman when he he's spoken about how every streaming is a third new thing. Mm -hmm. It's not TV and it's not movies, mm -hmm. and both TV and movies are becoming this third thing, yeah. which is streaming. Because what Optimized is the Marvel? Yes, what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe if not a TV show released in theaters? Essentially, mm -hmm. I mean, and now like e even more so with like all of the series that there are. That all of these series is who that were very clearly conceptualized as screenplays, but it's much easier to get a series made now mm -hmm. based on your idea than it is to get a film. Yeah, and so you get these weird eight episode series that are. Really, the only material, like Beef was a good example, or yeah. uh, Russian Doll, which is like, these are just like, the kernel of this idea is a 90 to two hour minute yeah. fucking, you know and what also I mean, like, movie. And also like, but instead let, let we're me, stretching it over. Let me also just disclaim here, I like Russian Doll. I like Beef. I, li I like both like, of those oh things God, too. But like, oh my God, how much tighter and cooler could yes. they have been as movies? Exactly. Um, and in the case of both of them, kind of already were in, in the sense of both Changing Lanes and Groundhog Day. But I digress, <laughs> which leads all the way back to our initial gripe, which is that now, because streaming is this new third thing, well, TV, it used to be that there were 24 episode orders. Mm -hmm. That would employ a writer for an entire year. Yeah. An eight episode order of a TV show with a miniseries no with no future. That's... You can't I mean, feed your family what, what on that. What was it that we? I just saw. It's like Paramount Plus. Uh, both is not renewing Pink Ladies or Rise of the Pink Ladies or whatever. Oh like a God. Grease, whatever. And they're also pulling it entirely from the from the service. So like there are no residuals for any of those writers. They yeah. worked on it for that eight or ten episodes, whatever it is, mm -hmm. with no promise or no future after that. And, and one of the off. actors in that show left to do another show that paid more and they CGI'd his face totally onto a body double to finish out the series. Yeah. And everyone was just like, that's fine. That's fine. Do you know what I mean? And like, just I put it out there. I understand. Like I hear the argument back, but didn't you just say everything slop? Isn't it better for everything to be a miniseries? And it's just like, yes, but yes. Okay, like, however, I, mini, they can also be slop. I mean, they can like, all, they are mostly if, still if just at, slop. Like Netflix's library. Like I think that Netflix very smartly positioned itself as, uh, you know, like prestige streaming in the beginning when it was in like house of cars mm -hmm. or whatever, Quickly orange pivoted. is the new black. And mm -hmm. then a quick pivot into just like, just slop. House of Cards was slop from the fucking beginning. Yeah, the, but, it was, gonna, but it was enough. And I know this is movie podcast Evangelion, <laughs> but the, like the, the biggest fucking scam of the last 10 years in culture is the idea of prestige TV. Mm. There is no such fucking thing. Well, it's the boob tube. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, of course, there have been shows that have risen to the level of, you know, like, like Sopranos, succession. Wire, Succession. We all know them. Yeah. We all treasure them. But I'm those, not are, like, those are more bad. like one-offs. Those are like, yes. those are edge cases. They're edge cases. They are outliers. Yeah. This is by definition slop. It's slop. It's slop. And, you know, I, again, with like streaming services themselves have kind of like created their own nightmare. They've done the same. And this is, I'm not saying anything new here, but like 
in speaking of stuff getting canceled and pulled after the first season, it's like, yeah, like I'm not going to fucking watch whatever just came out on Netflix because there's probably only going to be one season of it and it's going to be canceled. Yeah. Like I watched this cool show, Archive 81. It's like a mm-hmm. horror show. Never and heard it has, of like, this. I, it's cool. It's Fake. cool stuff. The end of the show is like, it sets up for season two. There's still more to be told, but like, it, it got it got Just canceled. Yeah. It's like, all right, okay, Memory that's over. And, so like, I'm not going to watch any of this shit. Frankly, we don't even know how long that they'll be available. Yeah. Because there's no physical media anymore yep. and it'll just be ripped away. Yeah. If Completely scrubbed. they decide they don't want to pay for it to be housed yeah. there anymore. Yeah. And, all, and like a lot of like this in-house produced stuff, like uh, frankly, like, the costs are minimal. Like they are, yes. it's like, it's like you, it, you know, that it's just someone who's sitting in front of an Excel sheet looking at their budget. And it's like, well, what can we trim here? Like, mm-hmm. well, we can trim a few thousand dollars here, like a couple, like tens of thousand dollars here, like trim, 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 because it's all, it's all me. Cause it's all part of the algorithm. It's part yes. of the equation. It's the formula. And I guess I would just say like, you know, it's a business. I get that. I'm not naive about that, but I think as creators and as audience members, we have to ask for more. We have to ask for like, more. Like, we have to... I mean, I'm, I'm fucking talking about it here. You know what I mean? That's all I can really do. More. You yeah. know? Um, I try not... We, we did give what? Trans Beasters our money. We gave Trans Beasters our money. Our AMC Stubbs membership. But, like, yeah. you know, so we're complicit. But we have to ask for more. Yeah. Yeah. We have to... We... we we deserve better, but we, we're not going to get it. We deserve better, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I deserve better. Okay. You and I deserve better. I was better. like, oh, just you, not I don't me. mean yeah, the Roy, me. yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if we as uh, a, a society, you know, society deserve better, but I certainly We on do. the pod. Yeah. Um, I, okay, if you're I listening to this, you deserve better. You deserve better. All right, I think we can pivot into our more lighthearted grapes mm-hmm. now that we've just, like, uh, unleashed. It felt good to get that out. Yeah, oh, we were just, good. like, ugh, just bummed out. Just feeling bummed out. By the state of culture uh well, yeah, what do you want to do next we, we have a little list yeah we do animated panic attacks animated you want to talk panic. about those i do want to talk about animated <laughs> panic attacks because we had also like a, a small dialogue about this this morning on, on on twitter we were uh dming about uh there was a uh someone being like mm, clone wars is not for kids because it's, it's violent and it teaches kids about evil yeah and that it's like um okay sure and like it, so this, this really- is kind of a continuation of our earlier i mean this is all part of like the same fucking mega gripe but it's just like again <laughs> like so many adults just like want their movies to be children's entertainment and and like you know what i stand by this fine but just own it just own that just you want to watch kid shit and and okay so own it own that you want that you're going to see puss in boots and you really feel represented because the cat is having a panic attack and that makes you feel seen even though you're 35 you're 35 and you years just old. should like have figured out your fucking how to manage your anxiety and also i, I, I want to add on to your puss in boots ip slop ip slop like I, I, I would be honestly more sympathetic if it were like it, 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 like a standalone animated whatever. I mean, like uh, I think both of us like uh, Studio Ghibli Miyazaki movies because they're their own thing, and yes. like those are more of an all ages kind of kind, yes. kind of gig mm-hmm. versus like Puss in Boots. It's like okay, sure, there maybe is like a mature a mature theme in it, which is like uh. The wolf is actually death the whole time, but it's like, oh my god! Then I have to see people on Twitter being like, oh, I couldn't believe it! Could you believe the symbolism of the wolf being death? And like, oh, this is like, this is for babies. This is for babies. You're describing something for babies as if it's like, I'm, I. It is embarrassing for you to be acting like this about it. Well, and then it gets to a more insidious. It leads to a more insidious uh, thing, which is that then you start expecting your adult entertainment, and I don't mean like porn, but I mean like yeah. entertainment for adults okay, to look be at moralizing. The uh, discourse about no hard feelings right now. Yes, it's ace-phobic. Because, or, and oh, it also turns out that the lady who was tweeting about that, like 
also hadn't seen the movie yet. It yeah, was just based on the trailer. Yeah. Like, Shut up. Or, or it's like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence is trying to rape a kid. It's like, oh, it's like so <laughs> like, creepy. Age gap. Okay, age gap. Dude. Like, yeah, oh, like, whatever. Age gap. Everyone's so like, Ugh. no one wants to see sex scenes in no a movie wants, anymore. No one wants romance, period. Yeah, yeah, people are just like, oh, like, why are we centering? Like, and you know, I'm you know, going to blame. Blah, 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 blah. I, and I, I hate to sound like an old person, but like, it's the Zoomers. It is the Zoomers. It's the youth for the most part who are, yeah. who are acting like this, who like want who want everything to be moralizing. Who okay, so I'm gonna look at. I haven't seen the movie yet, but due to other, I'm familiar with with the context for this. But I saw this uh, thread on Twitter mm-hmm. of someone complaining about a scene from Elemental, which is like the new Pixar movie. It has so, a non-binary blob in it. It has a non-binary blob. This you excited for a non-binary globby. representation of Globby, the fucking. <laughs> Non-binary blob. blob. What about makes or whatever? Um, but he they were essentially like, okay, organs, so there's he's not telling us which they are. <laughs> there's this, Sorry. there's this scene where like uh, the, the fire grandma or something is like <laughs> on its fire deathbed and it's talking to its fire granddaughter. It's like Mary fire and then it like poofs out and dies. And someone was like, I cannot believe that this movie is promoting race segregation there, there's not a, intermarrying I think it was even specifically they said this is an anti-miscegenation oh yeah you're right yes film, <laughs> which is so cool <laughs> that's so awesome that that's what you took away from that scene and it's like in, 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 in the, this movie for children and also in the context of the movie it's bad the movie doesn't yeah. agree with that <laughs> even it's making a point about how miscegenation do is okay and it's like okay but but because you included it at all because you mentioned it at all, without immediately within the same scene following up with a character saying and that is bad then it's like oh this is harmful you can't show this this is bad i don't know if we talked about this this is like an anecdote from my personal life but you know i'm a, I'm a writer i've written some stuff he's a writer he's written stuff you know i go to this reading of of my work, uh, get people together, and there's some Zoomers in it. One of the characters that I wrote, clap me in irons, he he says the R slur. <laughs> jail. Uh-huh, jail for me. Um, and he's a bad character. Mm-hmm. He's a villain. Um, and one of the notes I received, and, and he doesn't say it in a comedic sense. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is not played for laughs. Sure. Is is this bad guy yeah. calling someone the R slur. Mm-hmm. Um, cut that cut that cut, cut, it, that. cut it jail uh, and it's supposed to be you know uh, like oh this is bad like it's, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's, an, it's supposed to be an upsetting moment said in like a, probably a very cruel yeah, it's pointed a, it's way it's a cruel cruel thing that he's doing and the so the zoomers are giving me feedback and they said well I don't think you can say that you, you can't have a character say that uh, it's just like you know it's, it doesn't work anymore and I said, well, he's a bad character, so I think I'm going to leave it in, mm-hmm. you know, because he's meant to illustrate that he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, oh, I see what you mean. Okay, that's fine. But then you need to have another character say... You haven't even finished the story. That, that that's I'm bad. Clenching my fist. You have to have another character say that that he's a bad person. It is... A, so it, that the it, audience it dem- it knows. a lack of trust in the audience? Yes. Or like not asking well, I, the audience to step I, up? I, you know, I think it's even worse than that. And it's funny because they're, they're, they're upset on my behalf, I suppose. But they're imagining that they will be seen as intolerant or I will be, or Mm -hmm. all of us will be. We're all complicit in intolerance Mm -hmm. because a villain has spoken this world without, you know, word without rebuke. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to that, I say, I don't know what you want out of art. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what you think the function of art is. Um, but I, I guess you, you think it's supposed to be didactic. I guess you think it's supposed to be instructive. I yeah. guess you think it's supposed to just like, but, but what that means to me, what didactic art is, what instructive art is, is children's entertainment. It is literally Because those are the media. people who require moral instruction. Yes. But this is where we're at. You know, it's, it, and it speaks to, you know, how like the, half the fucking people who still read and almost no one does anymore, but the people who do are usually reading YA novels yeah. long into adulthood. And yeah. what is a YA novel but more didactic, instructive, mm-hmm. moralizing? Yeah. Usually. Yeah. This is what people want out of their media. I mean, and I say to these people, oh my God, 
girl, you would love socialist realism because yeah. that is just saying like, hey, this is how it should be. Yeah. And this is like uh, this character who, uh, you know, opposed uh, the Communist Party is uh, is killed, is killed like yeah. in the next scene. Like that's done. Great. It's over. It's like, OK, I mean, there there is that. Yeah, they should there. they should go and watch Chinese opera because that is because that's what is <laughs> yeah. considered good in that form. Yeah. Is yeah. Just like if that's a, your standard. An instructive moralizing yeah. piece with yeah. no contradictions mm-hmm. and um a feel-good ending and, yeah something that like that it, it, you're supposed to walk away being like huh that really made me made me think yeah and not as in like a made me think as in challenged me but more of a like wow so true sort of way yeah, there's like so many other things that people demand. Like they demand that the like the woman characters be able to like stand like like every woman or person of color has to be portrayed in a, a light that is like not a positive light. Yeah, that's positive because yeah. and otherwise strong. otherwise what are you saying about women You're and people of enforcing color? Enforcing negative yeah, stereotypes. Enforce, yeah, like, and it's just it like is. oh my god. And like and the thing is like there absolutely is like media out there that is regressive and like and shows and 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 is didactic in a negative way about this shit or you're just like or it looks at stuff like uncritically but like this isn't like your screenplay is not an example of this well and so many things aren't you know like just but like i you just see it so much about just like the like media literacy is at an all-time low all-time fucking what people want out of art is has never been more perverse yeah it's terrible well i you know at funny that you say the word perverse because part of this is like sex scene discourse Mm -hmm. uh and so like full disclaimer i don't really like sex scenes they don't really do anything for Mm -hmm. me whatever but like sure like that's that's you would never say that they were offensive or somehow bad to put in no like it's like it's like okay like maybe i'd rather not be watching it but like that's like my personal taste. That's not about like what should or shouldn't be in art. Right. And I think that there's like, there's almost like an over extrapolation of like my personal taste equals what yes. is right. Yeah. And I need to see myself represented. Mm-hmm. I need to see my exact values represented. And I cannot be made uncomfortable. And I cannot be made uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I cannot be surprised. Yeah. Or, or, or frightened. Yes. Or any of that, yeah. you know, or, and if I am, I better know exactly how it, how it's going to because happen. I need like the I need the the I need a character on screen to tell me to instruct me I mean so last so yesterday uh while you watched no hard feelings Ron slop I watched uh Sam Peckinpah's straw dogs I ah, uh, haven't seen that one yet uh it's it's very good it's very challenging like there are themes in there where it's like woof like I don't know what you were trying to say with this dude but like I'm glad that I get to see your thought process here Mm -hmm. I'm glad like it's giving me stuff to chew on and think about like there are there's like a a scene like one segment of uh of sexual assault and Mm -hmm. uh the 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 woman who it's happening to is kind of having like an ambiguous reaction to it and Ah. you the audience like there is some like reminds me of the piano teacher and it's kind of up to you to like draw the connections of like why she's responding like this, like uh-huh. what's really going on here. And it, it's not just like kind of a cut and dry. And like it, there are issues with, with, with that. Scene well, in other that words, it's this. like something that might actually occur in reality. Uh, that's too scary. Yeah. That's too frightening. We can't do that. No. And, it, and honestly, like, and the other thing I want to tack on here before we move on is like, if you don't want to consume stuff like that, fine that's totally fine but there's nothing wrong with it existing well and also there's a difference between like i can certainly see you know the argument of like this sex scene was done terribly or this sexual assault scene was done terribly I, i think probably you know i think what a lot of people are responding to is the fact that like often these topics aren't depicted um with much care or um nuance or any of that but the, yeah the solution i don't think is Isn't to, to take say them out yeah take them out entirely it's to you know <clears throat> hold people accountable yeah uh for their fucking craft yeah but people aren't thinking on the level of craft no they're thinking on the level of consumption. their consumption and ideology yeah. their pre-existing ideology yeah um and it's a goddamn shame. It's a goddamn shame. And I mean, like, the, I, it's, I wasn't expecting this going into our great pod, but like, this also ties in neatly with, with the mega grape of mm-hmm. like how the consumer is 
responsible, how studios are less likely to take risks or to pick things that are problematic. Uh, pro- I'm glad that problematic has started to like fall out of vogue a God, little bit. God, it can't fall out of fa- vogue fast I know, enough. get out of here, problematic, because what the fuck does that even mean? Whatever. Nothing anymore. Nothing anymore. There's so just, many just words like that used to be used. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Woke used to be useful, and then it was just immediately. Uh, uh, just frankly, even ruined. the word discourse doesn't mean yeah. anything anymore. That, that That's over. That yeah. had a very short run. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, like, it's it's sad to see media literacy at an all-time low. Part of this is also uh, the the hyperbolic language that, uh, like, film Twitter will use to describe X, Y, or Z movie to talk about how, uh, how amazing it is and overly flowery, almost like purple prose oh my levels God. Of, of reviews and reactions. Well, I think it, it goes back to people needing to center themselves in mm-hmm. every fucking thing yeah. with relation to art. It's not about the art. It's about their relation to it. And, it, you know, so they might be offended by it. Um, they maybe move to tears. But they might also need to proclaim in that, you know, said purple prose um, their, you know, undying affection for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am a Wes Anderson fan. And therefore, you know, this is, that means this about me. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. And I was so moved and I cried a million times. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing like absolutely baffling reactions to Asteroid City this week. Yeah. Um, by like these film Twitter people that are just like heaping praise on this movie that just but only like, in the context of their personal experience. Yeah, like, like I wept uncontrollably at this movie. And like, I'll bring my personal experience into it. I probably cried harder watching Grand Budapest Hotel than like almost any movie I've ever seen. Now, mm-hmm. I was like going through a breakup at the time. Like, you know, there's like <laughs> other shit. extenuating circumstances. But like, look, I'm not like making fun of you for crying at a Wes Anderson movie. I've done it. But what I'm saying is like the way you're talking about this movie, it has so little to do with, with the movie, the form or the content or the movie itself, yeah. and so much more to do with you identifying yourself as a uh, a brand in re- like a, mm-hmm. a, you're affiliated with a brand yeah and that brand is cinephilia I guess yeah you know um, which is you know the entirety of like letterboxed essentially as a mm-hmm. site is just like people like trying to prove how smart they are yeah. or like what how sensitive how they sensitive are, like, are is, what their yeah. aesthetic affiliations are and it's just like I'm Proof sorry loyalty. but that is a lame way to consume art yeah it's uh, not just like <laughs> I would like to say, like, lame in that I would mean, like, a very unfun way to consume art. Yeah. Because it's, like, and so let's also say that, like, I have been, like, completely turned off of some movies because of how they're talked about online. Sure. It's it's many such cases. Uh, Like, I have not seen everything everywhere all at once, and I probably will not for a while because I'm so fucking annoyed at how people talk about it that like it it's poisoned me against yeah, it and I it's understand. like no, so like when it. I'm so when I'm reading about like oh uh, like like people's like their personal reactions to it as their justification for why this movie is so amazing why it's groundbreaking why blah 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 it's like yeah but what is that fu- like what am I supposed to glean out of that? Like, who fucking cares? Like, I don't want. I don't care about you. And it. And I. And this is like a, a which fault is like of kind of you doing the same thing back at it. But but it's but it's impossible not to because I everyone feels that way. Everyone has been turned off of a thing because of the way yeah. other people react to said thing. Yeah. Um, and it's not about like, oh, I can't like something that's popular. I love lots of things that are popular. Yes. It's I can't stand when people are like have like. I, I tweet threads that are just going on and on and on. Well, it's just like it. It sucks when something that is supposed to be ostensibly like um, not a genre thing, you know, like not a f- fandom, mm-hmm. becomes a fandom. Fandom is poison. Because okay. then what it is is just it is a consumer product. We saw it uh, just happen with the new. What's the name of the movie? Like it's like change it's the new Zendaya movie uh oh yeah where oh uh, like, yeah what the fuck the Zendaya tennis movie the Zendaya tennis movie we both watched the trailer and we were like whoa, whoa. like that looks hot oh, oh, I want to yeah, see show, that show me more oh, of that, me more of and that. Then it was like all right let me check the quote tweets and it was just like omg girl yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah it was just like she took those white boys to fucking like, 
cunt city like <laughs> not him standing she, there looking at her like that yeah. omg this is she's crazy. mothering mothering um and she took her antibiotics like, against yeah. servophobia uh, it's just like come on like, oh, no fuck. no this is supposed to be art be don't around. do it i don't want to be around anymore i don't want i just don't want to be around oh, anymore and like yeah yeah you know and like i don't know i guess maybe people are listening to this and like they think they're so much better than everyone and it's like i don't know maybe we do but like no i like a lot of trash what are we doing what are we what are we even you want to be doing i mean the answer is yes i guess for a lot of people the answer is yes however i think uh the downfall of tumblr has unleashed these people into a space that we can now see it's been uh, often theorized that the the containment zone that was tumblr (laughs) was broken because they took porn off of it they took porn away stupidly yeah and then everyone got unleashed it was like in the it's like the part in ghostbusters when they accidentally <laughs> unleash all the ghosts in the New yeah. York City that they've been saving there it's forever. Like, oh shit! Fuck! Damn it! Oh no! Oh no! It's everywhere. Yeah, it's it, it's too bad. You hate to see it, but like I don't know, like the, the, the state of media. It seems like from like the creation to the consumption process is just broken and or poisoned. It's shit all the way down. Yeah, yeah. The incentives are all fucked. Yeah. They're fucked. Everyone is just worshiping at the cult of the self, like so many things in America. We're all so just true, King. So worshiping true. Satan. <laughs> we worship Satan in America. Satan. We worship hedonism and yeah. self-regard. Yeah. And it fucking poisons uh, everything. I, I don't know. I, like, I feel like if we at least worshiped hedonism, we would be getting some interesting art about it. We're not allowed to do that, though, because what if you're taking advantage of someone? What if like, or what if you're not centering the someone's right voice, right voice or what? Yeah, the, 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 yeah. So fucking sanctimonious. It's it, it's it, it's it's quite tiring. It is quite tiring. Uh, something else on our great pod that we haven't that doesn't really tie into anything else, but I want to hear you go off about it, and I have some questions about it too. Uh, where are the American actors? Well, I'll tell you. Two things happened. One. Uh, it started with the fact that there are more trained British actors than trained American actors. Yeah. Um, and this American is... American actors have like a TikTok to acting pipeline yeah, right Yeah, like I think this is kind of due to the fact that in the UK, all of the acting happens in the same city. It's London. Whether you're a theater actor, whether mm-hmm. you're a film actor or a radio actor, which there was like, there's like a lot, actually a lot of that there for some Nerds. reason. Um you are in London. That's where you are. Mm-hmm. And you can do both. Mm-hmm. You can be in theater and you can be in TV. And Not an option in the US. Um, yeah. And, and I think there was a culture also around acting of like, this is a craft. You go to school to learn it mm-hmm. and you, um, then you like employ yourself mm-hmm. in this like industry that is, I think in, you know, in America, like if you tell your parents you're going to be an actor, they're like, Oh, I don't know about that. That seems like risky. Yeah. Whereas I think that there's, you know, it's still risky obviously in England, but there's just a little more of like a, like stable industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in America, theater happens in New York and film and TV happens in LA or it did mostly for yeah. a long time that the production sort of apparatus was split or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the trained actors where they are in America are in New York. Mm-hmm. And then the ones who are just kind of like in it for the fame are mm-hmm. in LA. And yeah. so that happened. And then I think as a result of that sort of tendency, something really weird happened where casting directors and st- certain people who make dis- casting decisions decided that, if you were British, that meant you were probably a better actor Which, than like, the average I mean, American. If, if you look at the aggregate, probably, I mean, yeah. And yeah, probably, but like, ugh, But like, you know, to what degree? Like maybe to like what degree, we 0.05. Don't know. You know, um, but unfortunately that became the perception. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a serious dramatic actor in America, chances are, you know, a casting director is going to look for a British person just because the, they associate that with real chops Mm -hmm. um and so it's just more and more we aren't creating dramatic actors in america we create a lot of comedic actors in america yeah um we still get most of our comedic actors from within the border but we're we're so goofy for serious things we like to go outside yeah 
of uh, the, the country. And um, it's a shame. It doesn't have to be like that, but... Um, no, it, do- you know, it doesn't have to be... There are plenty of... Tra- I'm, a, I'm a trained actor, uh, but, you know... I think also I have an it MFA, has, like, the... Like the, the kind of a scam. Like, so the side whatever. effect of also making the pool very limited in that you kind of feel like you're just seeing the same faces again and again and again of, like, yeah. the same British people again. And, like, yeah, like, there's a joke about, like, you know, the, the BBC has, like, a stable of actors that, like, yeah. they're just, like, on everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, they've done that. Of course they have. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I would challenge you, like, to look back over the last seven-ish years, at least, uh, seven years at least, in, like, major awards. And, like, if you're looking at, like, the top acting awards, who who makes up like the the body of or the bulk of those nominees a lot of them are going to be british people playing americans yeah and it's like why you can't just hire an american to play an american like not to sound maga about it but like come on in the 70s there was this sort of like prized authenticity of acting um there's like a whole history of it that we've talked about a little bit in prior episodes but like you know the de niro's or whatever like I, you know de niro wasn't like trained mm-hmm. in the way that like he didn't go to Rada or anything like that, but he was authentic, you know? Um, and there were a lot of guys like that who like, you know, but where, but where they sort of got their training, honestly, and it doesn't happen anymore. was in the theater. Mm-hmm. Most of the, I don't think De Niro ever did, but like, there's a lot of those guys, you know, like Pacino was a theater yeah. guy before he was a film guy. Like a lot of these people, you know, you have to have chops to do theater. Yeah. Because you have to memorize. You have to do the fucking show eighty times. You got to memorize the whole goddamn mm-hmm. thing. You, there's no takes. Yeah. You know, there's no. If you fuck up, you fuck up. You're fucked. Mm-hmm. You know. So like, that's good training. Or they were trained on soap operas, which is basically the same thing because mm-hmm. you got to memorize that shit fast. And for a long time, soap operas were live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you you learned an actual craft, mm-hmm. even as an American. Yeah. And now um, it's kind of more like plug and play. It's more plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that to add on to the, the, the British actor stuff, I think that you also have folks who view act like, like, yes, like the art, like the craft, et cetera, but also like as a job rather than like as a route to fame. And I want to specifically cite here, like Anthony Hopkins, who like mm-hmm. does does like trash does trash but like his heart is in the theater has incredible film roles but like also just treats it as a job and it's like i will yeah i'll i'll be in like your fucking a movie called the ritual where he plays like a like a possessed priest yeah like yeah it's garbage but like he's treating it like a job he's a professional and he's getting brian cox yeah so so he can go back to do his actual passion which is theater and like that's like serious actors do theater we were just talking about like uh zachary Quinto being like, where are you? It's like, he's on stage is where he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also just like uh, we talked about it in the prior episode of how uh, film is a director's medium and theater is an actor's medium. I I think there's a lot of film actors who might be surprised at how much more fun Mm. uh, theater acting is Mm -hmm. than uh, film acting if they've never tried it because film acting can be incredibly tedious you have to do a lot of takes over and over. It's very short a lot of waiting. amount of time. There's a lot of waiting. Um, whereas um, in theater, uh, not only like do you get to like, um, you know, do it for a long period of it's time. It's also almost like instant gratification. It's instant gratification. It's, it's not almost. It is. <laughs> You're literally getting applause. <laughs> You know how good it feels to get applause? To applause? get applauded, yeah. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Do you know how good it feels to make someone laugh yeah. in person yeah. at you? Like, yeah. it feels amazing. You don't get that on a film set. Maybe the crew does, but like, they're probably not paying attention or they think you're gay. You know, like, you know they're on a fucking film crew. They're the fucking working like, class dudes. I don't give a shit yeah. about this. There's like an interesting antidote. I don't know if you've ever seen a Wit Stillman movie, but like, he talked about how like he would just like they would the actors and him would show up to set and you know he's like a very talky like intellectual guy mm-hmm. and all his movies are just like ooh we're talking about ideas and he was just like the fucking crew hated <laughs> this fucking movie they thought it was the mo- they thought it was fucking bullshit they were like is anything gonna blow up is anyone gonna kill someone like yeah. Jesus this yeah. sucks yeah. it's like they laughed at one joke yeah. in like the whole seventeen days the shoot. film is like maybe more yeah. of like a, a cruise movie than it yeah. is like for the actor yeah. I mean like. 
uh, everyone talks about this or cites it. It's like Ian McKellen breaking down crying on the set of The Hobbit because he had to <laughs> yeah. act just like in a green just, void against yeah. no one. Looking at lights. But, like, but all of the, the artisans, like the, 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 the crew artisans who are like doing whatever, like in digitally, like working on the camera stuff, like looking at like the after effects. Looking yeah. at, like, that's for them. Like, yeah. That's great for them. Yeah, it's fun. For the actor, for Ian McKellen who like, is a serious actor who like does stage who like, yeah. like no that's that's hell on earth so like not you're no you're not getting people applauding you you're not like feeling like okay like, I did the thing and like now it's done you're sitting there and doing like 25 takes in a green void against no one and you don't know how it's going to be received no you have clue. no idea whether yeah. like the movie is going to be it's good be or, not, bomb or not or like what they're going to cut or I've what been takes wanting to they're going to use uh, I'm forgetting the name of it now but it's like it's, it's the a, a Colin Farrell movie uh where it's like a Greek or whatever, like Roman or something, and it's Alexander? like Alexander, yeah. where it's like horribly received. But like at the when they were making the movie, they're like, "This is fucking amazing!" Yeah, yeah. and they were just like, "This is the best thing." And then it's like absolute bomb. Everyone's like, "Fuck you! You fucking sucks!" Like no one can act. Everyone's yeah. shit is shitty. Or like the reverse of it, where I th- there's like a lot of great stories about the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie about how like everyone like, on the set was doomed. like, "This is so bad. This <laughs> sucks." Like, and the only people who believed in it were like Gore Verbinski and Johnny Depp, and yep. like, everyone was. Like, is Johnny Depp drunk? Like, what is he gay? Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, Michael Eisner is like, I he can't be doing that because he looks like he's gay. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the the execs were showing up to set and they're just like, what is going on here? Orlando Bloom and Karen Knightley thought it was gonna like tank their careers, yeah. and then they all get there in the in the premiere and they were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is pretty good. Is pretty, so it's like, yeah, like, you don't you don't know. Like you were just you were in a vacuum of not knowing what. I mean, like, I'm sure there are people who love film acting and who like that's their thing. Well, it, it but... does has it have its own set of uh, pleasures. Like you can be smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, you can yeah. be more naturalistic yeah. to a certain degree. Um, yeah, there's like stuff about it that's really like very gratifying. But like, yeah, at the end of the day, like. I would I would always want to do both yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah because you need your fix yeah just because you can't just like oh my, oh my god when you're on the 20th take of something mm-hmm. and it's like one line you just have to be like like Laura don't slam the door and you have to do that 20 times yeah yeah. Because you need coverage of it and like something got fucked up and mm-hmm. oh, and you have to go back and do it again mm-hmm. because something didn't work and yeah. you didn't know. I mean, that's yeah. why there's stand-ins because yeah. like you need to get everything set before. Or like even if you're in like a big studio, whatever, or you have like a very like uh, practical effects or makeup heavy movie. It's like, all right, get to set at 3 a.m. and you're going to spend yeah. six hours. You have putting- to cry. <laughs> like, oh my God. Over and over you and over You remember how over. like when Christian Bale went off on that fucking grip or whatever oh, yeah, and like, yeah. and everyone was just like, oh, he's such an ass and like every actor was just like eh. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> I've been mad at a grip we've yeah. all been there before <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, because it's like he's sitting in some fucking green room and yeah. they're like you have to cry because the apocalypse is happening <laughs> your robot brother kill is gonna about to kill you and he's probably just like get the fuck out of my life get the fuck out I've of done my this life. scene eight times yeah yeah you know it's this fucking cannot possibly tedious yeah, you know yeah. it's tough out there it's tough out there I mean I think that that wraps up around nicely to the, the top of the show talking about writer strike talking about SAG AFTRA and the poor conditions out there it's work folks it's, it's labor it's labor it's real labor and there's no class solidarity there's no solidarity there's not even even consciousness unfortunately unfortunately uh, yeah RIP to society and there's no audience conscious that's i think that's that's a great way to sum up is we would like for there to be some consciousness yeah yeah conscious across the board across the board just i just think just think (laughs) just think a little bit If, if this podcast is doing anything hopefully it's getting you to think critically yeah about cinema and not just think about it like a consumer yeah think about it like a craft. A craft. Think art. about it like you're you're investing what precious little time you have on this earth. Yeah. Do you want to... Your one precious life. Uh, do you want to spend it? Slurp the slop. Or do you want to be provoked? I want to be provoked, personally. Into a new thought space. Yeah. Send me into outer space, bro. Do you want to learn something? Do you want about yourself? Yeah. Do you want to be pandered to? Yeah. No. Do you yeah, want to yeah. be enriched? Yeah, and uh, like a week and a half ago, we saw trans beasters. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna talk about the slop uh, <laughs> next pod. It's gonna or one of the pods this summer. We're gonna talk about all the summer slop. All the slop. Um, this has been Movie Podcast Evangelion. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you so much. Goodbye. Forever. So come and get it. It's all about the he says, she says, boo.